Welcome to the Bible in a Year with Manna. I'm your host, Uriah Beagle, and with me today is Richard Young. Join us as we experience God's Word together and grow in our relationship with Him. Today we'll be reading from the Berean Standard Bible. The reading plan we're following is the one-year chronological Bible. Today is day number three, and we'll be reading from Genesis 7 through 10, and the corresponding genealogies in 1 Chronicles 1, 5 through 23. Let's dive in. Father, we thank you again for your goodness. We ask that you bless the reading of your word and use it to change our minds, change our hearts, so that we can know you better and serve you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. You were to take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, a pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and seven pairs of every kind of bird of the air, male and female, to preserve their offspring on the face of the earth. For seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living thing that I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Now, Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came upon the earth, and Noah and his wife, along with his sons and their wives, entered into the ark to escape the waters of the flood, the clean and the unclean animals, the birds, and everything that crawls along the face of the ground, came to Noah to enter the ark two by two, male and female, for God had commanded Noah. After the seven days, the floodwaters came down upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates and the heavens were opened. And the rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah entered the ark along with his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and his wife, and the wives of his sons, they all, and every kind of wild animal, livestock, crawling creature, bird, and winged creature, they came to Noah to enter the ark, two by two, of every creature with the breath of life. And they entered, the male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and the waters rose and lifted high the ark above the earth. So the waters continued to surge and rise greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the waters. Finally, the waters completely inundated the whole earth so that all the high mountains under the heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountaintops to a depth of 15 cubits, and every living thing that moved on the face of the earth perished. Birds, livestock, animals, every creature that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. Of all that was on the dry land, everything that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. And every living thing on the face of the earth was destroyed, man and livestock, crawling creatures and birds of the air. They were blotted out from the earth, and only Noah and those with him in the ark remained, and the waters prevailed upon the earth for a hundred and fifty days. Genesis 8. 
But God remembered Noah and all the animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and God sent a wind over the earth, and the waters began to subside. The springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained. The waters receded steadily from the earth, and after 150 days, the waters had gone down. On the 17th day of the 17th month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and the waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. It kept flying back and forth until the waters had dried up from the earth. Then Noah sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove found no place to rest her foot, and she returned to him in the ark because the waters were still covering the surface of all the earth. Hmm. So he reached out his hand and brought her back inside the ark. Noah waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark, and behold, the dove returned to him in the evening with a freshly plucked olive leaf in her beak. So Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. Hmm. And Noah waited seven more days and sent out the dove again, but this time she did not return to him. In Noah's six hundred and first year, on the first day of the first month, the waters had dried up from the earth. So Noah removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was fully dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, along with your sons and their wives. Bring out all the living creatures that are with you, birds, livestock, and everything that crawls upon the ground, so that they can spread over the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon it. So Noah came out along with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, every living creature, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves upon the earth, came out of the ark, kind by kind. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking from every kind of clean animal and clean bird, he offered burnt offerings on the altar. Then the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. Mm. He said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from his youth. Mm. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall never cease. Genesis chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on every living creature on the earth, every bird of the air, and every creature that crawls on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. They are delivered into your hand. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, now I give you all things. But you must not eat the meat with its lifeblood in it. And surely I will require the life of any man or beast by whose hand your lifeblood is shed. I will demand an accounting from anyone who takes the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man his blood will be shed. For in his own image, God has created mankind. But as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Spread out across the whole earth and multiply upon it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, Behold, 
I now establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you, with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, every beast of the earth, and every living thing that came out of the ark. And I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant that will be for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I form clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and every living creature of every kind. Never again will all the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of every kind upon the earth. So God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and every creature on the earth. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. And these three sons were the sons of Noah. From them the whole earth was populated. Now Noah was a man of the soil, and he proceeded to plant a vineyard. And when he drank some of the wine, he became drunk and uncovered himself inside his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment and placed it on their shoulders, and they walked backwards, covering their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned away, so they did not see their father's nakedness. And when Noah awoke from his drunkenness and learned what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be to his brothers. He also declared, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the servant of Shem. May God expand the territory of Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. So Noah lived a total of 950 years, and then he died. Genesis 10. This is the account of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, who also had sons after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medeh, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togarma. And the sons of Javan, Elishash, Tarshish, and the Kittites, and the Rhodonites. From these, the maritime peoples separated into their territories according to their languages by clans within their nations. 1 Chronicles 1, 5-7 The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath, Togarma. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, and the Kittites, and the Rhodonites. Genesis 10, 6-20 The sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, Sabteca, and the sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who began to be a mighty one of the earth. 
he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So it was said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter of the Lord. Mm. His kingdom began in Babylon. Eritcha, Acadia, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land he went forth into Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rohibothur, Kala, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh and the great city of Kala. Mizram was the father of the Ludites and the Anamites, the Lehabites, the Naphtutites, the Pathrusites, and the Kasluites from whom the Philistines came, and the Kaphtarites. And Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinatites, the Arvidites, the Zimarites, and the Hamathites. Later the Canaanite clans were scattered, and the borders of Canaan extended from Sidon towards Gerar as far as Gaza, and then towards Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham, according to their clans, languages, lands, and nations. First Chronicles 1, 8-16 The sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan, the sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabteca. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who began to be a mighty one of the earth. Mizram was the father of the Ludites, the Anamites, the Lehabites, the Naphtutites, the Pathrusites, the Kasluhites, from whom the Philistines came, and the Kaphtarites. And Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, and the Sinatites, the Arvadites, the Zemurites, and the Hamathites. Genesis 10, 21-30 The sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the forefather of all the sons of Eber, the sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arphaxad was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One was named Peleg, because in his days the earth was divided, and his brother was named Joktan. And Joktan was the father of Almodad, Sheleph, Hazarmaveth, Jera, Hadoram, Uzal, Diklal, Obal, Abimel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were sons of Joktan. Their territory extended from Mesha to Safar in the eastern hill country. First Chronicles 1, 17-23. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphaxad was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber, one named Peleg, because in his days the earth was divided, and his brother was named Joktan. And Joktan was the father of Almodad, Sheleph, Hazarmaveth, Jerah, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilal, 
and Jobab. All these were sons of Joktan. Genesis 10, 31 through 32. These are the sons of Shem, according to their clans, languages, lands, and nations. All these are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their generations and nations. From these, the nations of the earth spread out after the flood. Lord, thank you for sending us your word and revealing yourself and your love to us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And congratulations. Uriah, that was pretty amazing uh, reading of the table of nations that uh, the Lord's given to us. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about genealogies and, and why, why is it so important? Not only do we have the record in Genesis, but repeated for us again in Chronicles. Absolutely. We'll get right into that. Digging into that genealogy, there's, again, we're, we're pushing that story further where we have now Adam all the way to Noah and Noah, we're leading towards Abram, and from Abram, we'll get to go to David. Mm. So we're, we're pushing further into that story of the Messiah is coming. Mm. But just as we said in the introduction to all of this, you're going to have to wait a long time because the Israelites had to wait a long time for that Savior, and they had a lot of hardships on the way. Mm. Uh, we're, but here it's just a set of chapters full of his mercy before that. So let's get back to Noah. The clean animals, it just strikes me that he had seven of each of the clean animals so mm. that Noah would have, have something to eat. Um, and this is in the future. You'd have them for offerings. And then once all these animals are on board, God shut the door. Mm. Yeah, I think that is so significant that Noah and his family get into the ark, all the animals. God calls the animals. Sometimes we, we see these uh, silly depictions of Noah having to go out and trap them and bring them in, right? No, God basically whistled, and all the animals came to the ark and walked right on. How did, how did all of them get in the ark? Well, maybe some dinosaurs were in there, but they could have just been dinosaur eggs. Maybe. We don't know specifically. But we do know that there were every kind of animal made it in to the ark because God had that plan. He brought them in. Seven of every clean animal. You mentioned sacrifice. So not only was God providing for the dietary concerns of Noah and his family, but also for animal sacrifice, clean animals that could be used in that process. And what's amazing there is I had mentioned for food, but it's not even food now because after the ark stops is when God lets man eat the meat. Mm the meat becomes a part of what can be consumed, just not with the blood. Right. Um, and starting a, a Hebrew law that would persist throughout. Right. The life of the animal is in the blood. And God did not want that, you know, bloody meat to be eaten. He wanted a dietary concern that was significant for the family, but also that his ways would be modeled and preserved from the beginning. You know, it's interesting how as the law is given to Moses, it hearkens back to these stories. Yeah, they all bring it back. It's, it's the consistency of Scripture is what's incredible about it. One of the things that even scientists point out about Scripture is just how consistent, how many times it cross-references itself. Um, and another yeah, There's no, no other library quite like the Bible, all 66 books. But when you have 
that set of cross-references, cross-references, goodness, it looks like a rainbow, oh. which is what we are given here is the covenant. The first use of the rainbow is God's covenant with us. The original intent was a reminder and and something that the world has tried to corrupt and take away as, mm. as we go through into the perversion of the world and, and symbols of Christ and Christianity being stripped away. Uh, always remember that God gave you the rainbow. Mm. Um, he did not give it to any man to pervert. It was a promise, and it's always important to, to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's a promise of grace that salvation is available to any and all people as, a, as an ethnos, as a people group, but also individually. Uh, it's, it always strikes me that God picked one man, Noah, and his family to replenish the whole earth. So we see that all of us are brothers and sisters, right? We have one great, 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 you know, go as far as you back to Adam and one mother, Eve. She's the mother of all the living. And then that lineage is passed down very clearly to Noah and his family. And then you have what's called the table of nations given here in Genesis 10. And it is absolutely fascinating that every people, tribe, and nation are identified in this table of nations. And it's unique in the writings of the Near East. And it points to the fact that God in his sovereignty and his goodness and his grace was able to select one man and his family. And then pointing to Abram, as you said, Abraham will have 70 sons and daughters, great-grandsons, great great-granddaughters by the time they come out of Egypt, right? They go down to Egypt as 70, but there are 70 nations that are identified in the table of nations. And it's interesting that Israel itself isn't mentioned. And so we see that the covenant that God makes with all the world <laughs> in this rainbow is given to all peoples anywhere, anytime, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through Abram. But that is another episode. Matter of fact, it's coming up, I think, tomorrow. Yes, that'll be tomorrow as we venture into day four of the Bible in a year. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.